been to Tokyo and I've also been to New York City. I grew up in New York City. Well, Antarctica is the other extreme. And you walk away from there feeling as though not only have you learned a lot, but you've learned to appreciate the beauty of the universe. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, the internet's number one bucket list show, where we believe your bucket list can be more than a social media brag, but bring you deep joy in your life. Each week, we share the stories of people just like you that are living out their bucket slash life goal list. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guest adventures, my goal is that you will find inspiration and empowerment to add and cross items off your list. When you find something here that motivates you, we ask that you share this episode with one other person and rate and review the show. Let's get to crossing it off. Welcome everybody to the Crossing Off Podcast. I'm excited you're joining us again today. Um, My guest is uh, very experienced at what he does and the things that he crosses off his bucket list is real specific and today he's going to be sharing something that's pretty cool. Greg Stam. Uh, is my guest today and greg describes himself as uh, an avid cruiser a people person and storyteller greg welcome to the show thank you very much i'm happy to be here so greg tell us what is the thing that you crossed off your list well i've crossed a lot of things off my list but i still probably have a couple to go uh the most important one i think we should talk about is a cruise we took to to antarctica about five years ago Awesome. Antarctica is a very difficult place to uh, get people cruising to because Antarctica doesn't want that many people there to begin with. They want to keep it pure and pristine. So what led to you wanting to put that on your bucket list? I understand you do a lot of cruising. Um, You've written a book about it. We can talk about that later. But what was about Antarctica that you said, oh, we got to figure out how I'm going to do this? Well, all you have to do is look at a map of the world Hmm. and you realize that certain places are more accessible than others. Europe is very accessible, the United States. In fact, most of the world is very accessible and particularly by cruise ship. When you look at Antarctica, first of all, there's only certain times of the year you can go there. And then you look at how difficult it is to get there. You can't fly in and out of Antarctica because unless you're a scientist working on a project, they just don't want you. So we were very fortunate to take a cruise out of Santiago, Chile, that went down through the fjords uh, of Chile and then across Drake Lake, as they call it, or the Drake Channel, which can be very rough. And then it takes you along the coast of Antarctica for about three days and you get to be in the cleanest water, the freshest air Mm. and some of the most beautiful land formations you'll ever see. And then it heads back North and it comes up the other coast of South America and it ends in uh, either Rio de Janeiro or uh, places along uh, that coast. And it was a 21 day cruise and we just loved it. Wow, that's a that's a long time to be on a cruise ship. So uh, the first question I had was, you, you do a lot of cruising, and it's an important thing to you. Uh, why this one? Why Antarctica for you? What? Why was that important to to make that trip? Well, we've been around uh, over fifty cruises. We've seen most oh, of wow. the world, and obviously, we hadn't seen Antarctica. 
So that was the first reason to put it on our list. But also just how unique Antarctica is. And if you uh, read journals or if you look at the films of Antarctica, you can't help but wonder how much better it's going to be firsthand. (laughs) And I think that's what really led us in that direction. Interesting. So uh, take me back a little bit. You said um, there are only certain times a year that you can go there. That That's new to me. Why is that? Well, think about the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, their summer is in basically October, November, December, January. That's their summer when it gets to be 32 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. So the rest of the year... <laughs> I mean, the temperatures are so frigid and it's it's just very, very difficult. Not to mention, there's only about an hour's worth of light on Antarctica for many months of the year. Okay. It's it's only at that time of year that the sun shines. And if if you do any studying of uh, Antarctica, it's pretty hard for people who go down there even on scientific missions to spend a long period of time because forgetting the cold it's they're living in darkness 23 hours or more a day wow okay that that makes a lot of sense now uh that's that's good to, to, to know that for people that might be thinking about taking some kind of journey there so i appreciate you sharing with that i i think of cruising i you know for me i i've done a couple of cruises the longest being seven days i think uh, a week long um, and I think of a casino and the Lido deck and the, you know, and um, uh, <laughs> uh, the buffets, the midnight buffets. How is this kind of trip different, like as far as in the actual day to day of cruises comparing them to others and the ships, too? Is it, is it a different kind of ship than you've been on with them, like a regular cruise? Well, first of all, you're very typical. You you mm-hmm. def- describe the venues on a ship that most people care about. The Lido deck, the buffets and things like that, the casino. Uh, when you go on as many cruises as I've been on, those become far less important. Mm-hmm. What becomes important is the experience of being at sea. It's It's just so beautiful. You sit on your balcony in the evening and you can see the stars. You can almost touch the stars. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. And the breezes. And then you're feeling the rush of the water going by. And yet you're you're feeling very comfortable in that environment. So when you go on longer cruises than seven days, you're not as anxious to be running around to shows mm-hmm. and the buffet. And unless you have a lot of money, you're not going to spend all your time in the casino either. But a trip to Antarctica, first of all, not all of the cruise lines are welcome to go down there. They, there are very strict rules when a cruise line takes you to Antarctica. When you get within, I believe it's 60 miles of the coast, you're not allowed to eat in open areas. You, you have to eat indoors. But for the- uh, if you're a smoker, you're not clearly allowed to smoke outdoors within 60 miles. They're trying to keep the air and the water as clean and as fresh as possible. And they do it. They are very strict about enforcing the rules. Yeah, I'm sure. And when you get, if you try to book a cruise other than on National Geographic or one of those oceanic cruises where they are scientific cruises, really, 
you're going to find you're very limited as to the number of ships that go down to Antarctica in the first place. So the ship we were on, it has all the amenities that you describe, hmm. but there's so many beautiful sights to see that you don't want to be indoors all the time. You'd much rather be outdoors enjoying yeah. those sights. I've taken cruises and, you know, we, we uh, the person I was with, we got to know at least the people that we sat at dinner with, because you have signed seating usually on cruises and sitting with the same people um, at your signed dinner time and those kind of things. And you get to know a few people. Uh, first off, you're taking a 21 day trip. Right? So, so that's a long time to be on a ship. And, you know, most of the time it doesn't sound like you're stopping at ports every, you know, every day or every other day to, to be able to get off the boat. What kind of people did you find were you, on that cruise that said the same thing you did I, i'd like to go see antarctica was it a specific kind of person was it you know who were the people that that like yourself took that journey well that's a very good question because it's better to tell you who's not there okay you're not going to find a lot of children on a ship that's going to be at sea for 21 days going to antarctica particularly not at the time of year we travel so if you are on some of these ships that cater to families and children, uh, they're not going to Antarctica. Let's put it right. Right. And the other thing is you're going to find, and I, I, I gotta be careful how I say this. You're going to be finding people who are a little bit more reserved in what Hmm. they're looking for. They're not so interested in doing the Macarena every day at the pool Hmm. as they are, Listening to the lectures now, we were blessed to have a guest lecturer on our trip to Antarctica, and he had been in charge of logistics for Antarctica on the surface of Antarctica for most of 20 years. He was the person in charge of provisioning, helping people get through the darkness and the cold weather. He was part of helping people get off if they became very ill. Uh, in charge of monitoring the scientific projects. He gave lectures that were just so incredibly wonderful to hear. And he was talking firsthand. So we, we did do that every day. Now, if, if you're on a cruise, that's just going what we call a party cruise, the lectures aren't going to be quite as intense as they would be there. So it's people who are wanting to learn a little bit more about what they're seeing rather than what they're doing. Right. That makes, that makes good sense. Again, on my cruises, you know, we would take excursions off the boat and we would go snorkeling and um, hang out the beach for a day or driving a Jeep through the jungle or, you know, (laughs) those kind of things. What describe what the excursions are like uh, when you're on a cruise to Antarctica. Again, remember, I've taken more than 50 cruises. Mm -hmm. So we've taken the kinds of cruises you have taken, where you get off and you snorkel, you get off and you sit at the beach, you get off and you sightsee and maybe do a little shopping in some village uh, or some small island. And we've also, remember, been sightseeing in Europe, where the cruise ship will land in Lisbon, Portugal, uh, or the coast of Spain, uh, and then... There's all sorts of opportunities, but when you go to Antarctica, it's different. First of all, the excursions are different. 
there are going to be excursions when you first leave Santiago, Chile, until you get to the southern coast of South America that are going to be to see the fjords or to see uh, various species of animals or birds. And then when you're actually crossing Drake Channel and on your way, you're at sea, so there are no excursions. The mm -hmm. excursion is standing out on the port or the starboard side uh, deck and looking at what's around you. I could share with you pictures of icebergs that are just incredible. Mm. They're they're so beautiful. They they glow. They, I mean, it's it's hard to describe how beautiful it is. And then when you come back up uh, the other side, we went to the Falkland Islands. We we had a visit to a penguin farm. Where there had to be a hundred thousand penguins oh my and only you know a handful of people, and it's it's really an entirely different type of trip. That sounds amazing. If you were to meet somebody that said, "I I want to take a cruise to the Antarctic," what would be that one thing you would recommend or suggest or tip that you would tell them? You know, you gotta you gotta do this or you you need to do X. What is X? Well, you've got to be comfortable with yourself. Some of my friends, I discourage them from cruising because mm. if there isn't a golf course within a mile <laughs> of where they are, they, they don't want to be there. Other people, they feel too confined on a ship. And, and if, if you travel the way I do, there's nothing about a ship that's confining. Here at the Crossing It Off podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. My wife goes one direction, I go the other, and we might not see each other for five or six hours. The, the, there's so much to do on a ship, whether you're using the exercise center or you're going to a lecture or you're just sitting by the pool and reading a book. But I would say that you have to be comfortable with who you are. You have to have the time. You can't get to Antarctica overnight. It takes time to get there and back. And you realize you're going to probably be cruising with a more mature population. And I don't mean an old population. Right. I mean, right. I happen to be 75 and I'm getting up there. But in your 50s and 60s, a lot of people are traveling. A lot of people retire earlier and they have the time to do these trips. So we, we've met people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And of course, there's going to be people in their 80s as well. Make sure you have the time and uh, you're comfortable with not only yourself, but who you're traveling with. Yeah, that's, that's very uh, important. Yeah, any, any lengthy travel, I think that's a good suggestion, but definitely on a cruise ship where you're kind of confined, for sure. Anything more than a day, I have to be careful who I travel with. There you go. <laughs> I like that. So, Greg, what was you know that that thing that you walked away from personally um from taking this trip to antarctica what's what's something that you know transforms you um that you may not have gotten had it been just a cruise through 
you know, the Western Mediterranean or the, you know, the Western Caribbean, what was different? What changed in you that was different than other trips? Well, first of all, it gives me the chance to tell you firsthand what I was able to observe rather than second or third hand hearsay. Uh, That's part of it. But I can tell you that I have never been to a more beautiful, untouched place Mm. in my life. And we live in a world that is become very small. Sure. Uh, Between air traffic and other things. And the cities have gotten so big. And don't get me wrong. I've been to Beijing, China. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Tokyo. And I've also been to New York City. I grew up in New York City. Well, Antarctica is the other extreme. And you walk away from there feeling as though not only have you learned a lot, but you've learned to appreciate the beauty of the universe. Yeah, I can. Nice thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, um, cruising and being in Colorado are the two times that I've, like you said earlier, where, you know, there's um, such few light pollution that the stars are just completely, you know, looking up in the sky is just a completely different experience. And um, that's an amazing thing to get to, you know, to have um, that chance to view the world from that different perspective. If you're going to cruise the Colorado river, you better do it soon because I saw a special on uh, the news this morning about how the Colorado river has dried up to the point where there's so much, uh, even the, uh, Reservoirs are in severe jeopardy over there. It's very, very scary. You you talked about um, some of the ecology concerns that they put in place on the these ships, so to, to help keep the uh, ecosystem down there clean and fresh. Was that something that that everyone on the ship accepted, or did you you know did you find yourself you know saying hey put your cigarette out or you know you're not supposed to be eating here or did everyone like kind of understand that was the was the general culture on the ship that people are like yeah we're here and we're gonna we're gonna do whatever it takes to help keep this clean yeah i i never found anybody to complain about that and i think the people who were on this trip were similarly minded to the way i think and that is they wanted to see it and they wanted to enjoy it and as soon as you start getting closer to antarctica's coastline you realize that there's a need for rules and regulations. They certainly don't want people throwing stuff overboard. If you've ever gone across the Atlantic Ocean, which I do frequently because I like cross-ocean cruising, hmm. it's not always as clean as we'd like it to be. A lot of people throw debris into the Atlantic Ocean. Well, you're not going to find any of that down near Antarctica. And I think that's very, very important that you follow those rules. Sure. I appreciate you coming on and talking specifically about this uh, cruise to Antarctica. But I ha- having somebody like you who's done this 50 times, which is just mind-boggling to me at some level, I have to ask, what, what was your favorite cruise and why? <laughs> Well, they're all so different. Uh, I'm sure. I can't say there's one favorite. There's probably five or ten favorites. (laughs) Cruising across the Pacific Ocean, that was all different for me. I had never thought of the Pacific Ocean as being a beautiful ocean. I've always thought of it as being a big ocean. Right. But it's absolutely gorgeous. It's dark, 
rich, dark blue water. And it's much cleaner than the Atlantic Ocean, which also surprised me. Uh, we, we cruised down the coast of New Zealand and up the southern part of Australia. Mm. That is as beautiful as you want to be cruising it. We've cruised uh, all around the British Isles, up into Scotland and uh, the Wales and uh, Ireland and, of course, the, the rest of England. That's beautiful country, too. Uh, we've cruised down in the southern Mediterranean and just pulling into Monte Carlo. That's that's a wonderful mm, experience. Yeah, Some of the yachts at the harbor in Monte Carlo are almost as big as the cruise <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just, it opens up so many different doors. Now, don't get me wrong. We still take Caribbean cruises that are seven days long. But we, we've been to every Caribbean island several times. And, right. I, and there's nothing wrong with them. They're wonderful. Uh, but they're the same. <laughs> they don't change yeah. much. Yeah, the I only have I mean my bucket list is pretty vast, but the only one item that's on there that is a cruise is the uh, the Mekong um, through uh, Cambodia and Vietnam, the, the river there. There's a, there's a cruise, and I was I've never been river cruising. I've you know all the the cruises I've gone on have been on the ocean or the Gulf, so I, I I would be interested in you know that's something I'd really like to do is is a river cruising and doing that through Southeast Asia would be super cool. Did you you look a lot younger than a person who would have been Vietnam era? Were you? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, in diapers uh, during that conflict. All right. Well, let me let me explain this to you. Uh, first of all, we have taken river cruises, and the Russia, of course, is on everybody's not to-do list these days, and it, for good reason. Sure. But going down the Russian rivers, which are man-made from St. Petersburg to mm. Moscow, they're beautiful. And it's, it's a beautiful way to see Russia. Wow. Uh, we, have, we have done the Danube, and everybody says, oh, you did the blue Danube. Well, no, it's the brown Danube. <laughs> uh, but it's still beautiful. Sure. Now, I was... Uh, I was of the age that I was an officer in the United States Army during Vietnam, but the Army sent me to law school. They didn't send me to Southeast Asia. And for some reason, I've been a little reluctant to want to do that. I, I have nothing against it. And people have told me it's absolutely beautiful yeah. and wonderful. Now, I have been to Thailand. I've been to China. I've been to Japan. They're all beautiful places. Yeah, and I've cruised to all of them. Oh. Yeah, there's so there's so much to see out there in the world, and and so what was it about you know the, your cruising experiences that drove you to uh, actually write a book about it? Well, it's that's another good question. I I've been wanting to write a book about cruising, not in an encyclopedic way. There are a lot of books written about the size of the ship and the thrust of the engines, sure. the size of the room. The book I was writing was meant to encourage people, maybe even you, to do something that you've been a little reluctant to do. And that is get on a cruise and see for yourself what you're missing. It's the same old thing. If you haven't done it, how do you know whether you're going to really like it or not? So I say to people, you can go on a four or five day cruise just to get a feel for it. You can take a seven day cruise. You don't have to go very far from home to get on a cruise. 
And if you really like it, then you can fly to Europe and take a cruise over there and sightsee. And then if you get like me, you look for the 14 to 21 day cruises that keep you a combination of stopping and going like our next cruise, which is in two weeks, will be uh, on the ocean for most of the time because it's going to cross from Europe back to New York City. And so what is what's your book about? Give us a little bit of a so, taste of. OK, so the book I, I created characters who are either like people I've met on the cruise ships or they actually are people and I've changed their names. Right. So there's a chapter about the guy who likes to eat all day long. Then there's a chapter about the couple where the husband, he just sits around the pool all day and his wife participates in every activity. And so it's amazing how they can coexist. And yet he does his thing. She does hers. And then I wrote about, a lady, which happens to really be three ladies. I'm attracted to elderly people because I'm fascinated by them. One of my chapters deals with a lady who I renamed uh, Rose Dawson from the Titanic movie <laughs> because she was 90 years old and she probably spends seven months a year on cruise ships Oof. and goes back to her condo in Fort Lauderdale just to see that it's still there. So there's so many fascinating people. And then there's the people who can't mind their own business and so you know they're coming up to you and tugging your shirt wanting to talk about something you might not want to talk about so I have a character called nosy Nelly <laughs> and and nosy Nelly goes about the ship interviewing people for me so that I can write about them without ever having nice. to engage them so you, you nice. get the it's kind of yeah. a fun book cool and it talks about excursions it talks about different places you, you it talks about seasickness and to be honest with you there's not much of that anymore they they've stabilized these ships to the point where they've taken 80 percent of the movement of the wow. sea away so if it gets a little rough they put out the stabilizers and and just imagine yourself being balanced by the stabilizers and it's right. just a wonderful way to travel so that's what the book's about but i was going to publish it two years ago and then something came along called COVID-19. Yeah. And I realized no one's going to read a book or want to take a cruise at this time. So I put it on hold and I renamed the book from Come Cruise With Me to Come Cruise With Me in a Post-COVID World, figuring people are going to want to see the changes that have been made to make it safer and healthier. And since... They started reopening. We've been on four post-COVID cruises. Wow. This will be our fifth. So we've, we've started packing them in. And I'm going to tell you, they're cleaner than they ever were. Well, I'm the sure. They're safer. They're not at full occupancy yet because people are still, you know, feeling their way back. Sure. But everything that they've put in place has made it a better feeling and a more enjoyable experience. That's great and to hear. Yeah, they needed it, too, because cruise lives were hurting here. Yeah, I bet. Greg, in our last couple of minutes, I have to ask you, what's, you know, besides cruising, what's something else that's on your bucket list that you'd like to cross off? Well, I have a very short bucket list because I've been very blessed to be able to do so much in my 75 years. Uh, I'll tell you what's not on my bucket list, going back to work. There you I, go. I retired this year and I turned my law firm over to my two sons. So that's not on my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing I think that I'd like to do is take a safari in South Africa 
not on a cruise ship, but just a land trip. Right. And the only thing that's been keeping me from doing it is it takes a day and a half to get there and a day and a half to get back. And uh, I, I need to rest up once I get there. And I, I will also tell you, uh, the older I get, I'm trying to get everything under, get it all done because I've been on cruise ships, sadly, where people get too old to move about. Right. And I don't want that to happen if I can help it to me. Yeah. Well, so I thought my bucket list, I think, is pretty full. Uh, mostly completed, but I'd say South Africa Safari would be the only thing. That would be awesome. I highly recommend that you uh, pad what I call pad the trip. Um, take a couple, you know, while you're traveling, wherever you're stopping, take a couple of days and then continue on. So that always seems to help me as I, as I travel around that I'm not just going from point A to point B, but I stop in between and, and see some stuff before I get to my final destination. Well, I know one way to do that. I could go from New York City by ship to Europe, there you go. Then, then take another cruise to Southern Europe, and then cross the Mediterranean to Africa and work my way by cruise ship. And once I get there, then just stay. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea to me. Greg, thank you so much for being here. Where can folks find more information about you and your book? Uh, the, well, first of all, the book is available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. And I'm available, thanks to my granddaughter helping me be on Facebook and Instagram. I don't know them all, but the, all these social media sites she has me on. If you look up just Greg Stam, you'll find me. Awesome. But, okay. Well, I will put that link in the show notes and all your other socials uh, so people can find you and follow you. And I'm looking forward to uh, following your trips as well. Greg, thank you so much for being here. And I'd like to follow you. So if you send me some things, we'll keep in touch. You've been well, wonderful. Thank you, Roger. Thank you.